Hey everybody, what's up? It's your good friend Chase. Welcome to another episode of the Chase Travis Live Show here on Creative Live. I have a ton of energy today for a reason. It's a big show, uh, and I also have a very special announcement. Um, in case you've been living under a rock, or this may be the first place, your first time you're hearing about it, I have been teasing it for the past uh, short, I guess, week or two, maybe even a couple of days, so you may or may not know, but... Uh, before I get into the show, big announcement, and then show is, of course, related to this big announcement, which is it's something that I've been working on for, let's call it 18 months. And you're like, wow. I mean, that is longer than I worked on the launch of Creative Live more than a decade ago, uh, or the best camera app, or uh, it's not quite something on that scale, but it's something that I have a ton of passion around. And just transparently, this is something that I wanted uh, to do in order to connect with you. And it is this, I have been for the past 18 months working with collaborating with some friends over at K-Swiss. That's right. That tennis shoe brand, uh, been around for a long time, amazing legacy brand. And I've been a long time friend, I, or long time, uh, fan rather. And the ability to make a shoe in collaboration with K-Swiss was an absolute dream come true. Um, if you are, again, if you're hearing this for the first time, I'm going to cut to the chase first, which, but I'll bump. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm going to cut to the chase here and say, the, if, if, if you, again, are just now being aware of this, you got to go right now to kswiss.com slash Chase Jarvis because these shoes are limited. That's right. I have created uh, a limited edition shoe. It's called the creator and it can be yours right now. It is a beautiful, wild, super cool shoe. And the concept behind it is it should work for all areas of your life. Um, it is, um, gender agnostic, uh, it is a work of art and it is just a, it was a treat of an experience to work on this shoe. Um, I wanted something that you could, you know, wear in the studio, wear out with clients or out on the town, uh, wanted to be comfortable, highly, um, utility oriented, right? This is not something that's precious because our creative lives are messy, uh, and so I'm not going to talk anymore about it, uh, other than segue into the show, which is, um, I don't remember if we, we don't actually go into it too much in the show, but this is a recording I made with the president of K-Swiss. His name is Barney, uh, Barney Waters. And I sat down to talk on his podcast, which was called CEOs wear sneakers. And, um, we talk a little bit about creative calling. I like to think that I share some things that you may maybe haven't heard in the past. And again, more importantly, this is a great hint that I was uh, collaborating with K-Swiss and have been for a long time. So I'm dying for you to get their limited edition. There's only, uh, I think a thousand pairs of these shoes and they're going fast. They drop on, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but, um, June 23rd is when these things are available. Um, and if you are listening to this before it, you are one of the few people. So dear God, get on it. And, uh, if not, then pipe over to the site, uh, and check it out. I think you'll love the shoes, uh, made them affordable, uh, sustainable where possible and stylish as hell. So I'm going to stop talking about the shoes. I'm going to, um, 
part with you now and and turn over my conversation with Barney Waters uh, over there at K-Swiss. I hope you enjoy it. And I can't wait. Please go pick up the shoes and let me know what you think out there on the internet. And I would be grateful for spreading the word, of course, after you get your shoes. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy this episode of the show. All right, if there was one thing we all had way back in that weird world that was 2020, it was time alone. Maybe you called it isolation, maybe you called it introspection. Anyway, you think about it, there was more time to think and reflect, but also to imagine and to envision what the future might look like. So now in 2021, what will this year be? Will you take a step towards that passion, toward what you know deep down inside you're meant to be doing. Isn't it time to put action behind those beliefs, those thoughts, those dreams that you've had? I think it is, and there are lots of ways to do that. Listening to podcasts like this is one, but I want to here invite you to sign up for Creative Live. Now, Creative Live is where the world's top creators, entrepreneurs, Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, and the best of the best go to teach what they've learned over the course of a lifetime. Creative Live has classes in photography and video, art, design, music, audio, and all kinds of business classes. Anything that has to do with making a living and a life in any of those disciplines, Creative Live has created a class just for you from the ground up, taught by one of those groundbreaking leaders in the space. This is what I believe is the best creative and entrepreneurial library of learning content on the planet. More than 20,000 hours. And this is where millions of people go to learn. So I want to invite you to make the best of the rest of 2021. Make it your best year yet. And I want you to go check out creativelive.com slash creator pass. That's where you can sign up for the Creative Live subscription that'll unlock thousands of hours, thousands of classes, and most importantly, give you the fuel, the rocket fuel that you need to take off. There's all kinds of payment options there. You can either pay annually or pay monthly, whatever works best for you. So I'd invite you to go check it out and take advantage of creativelive.com. Welcome to another episode of CEOs Wear Sneakers. You're here with K-Swiss Radio. And once again, we are bringing you a inspiring person that represents for us what we think is the new aspiration of young people, not athletics, not rapping, but success, creativity, entrepreneurship. And we have with us Chase Jarvis today. Welcome. Thanks, man. Super happy to be here. Appreciate it. Great to have you. You're a uh, photographer turned entrepreneur turned keynote speaker <laughs> i mean you've been through a few different renditions but that's the future right we're right. all hyphens we're all multi-hyphenate and in a previous world where we had to define ourselves by one thing now we can all be all of the things that we really are exactly yeah it's uh the barriers are down and excuses are lessened i guess yeah excuses are lessened and also there's a permission like we used to because of the, the gatekeepers used to be required to, to to facilitate access. If you wanted to be an author, you had to know a publisher. If you wanted to be a photographer, you had to have, you know, gallery friends or editor friends. Yeah. And now all you got to do to 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 be the noun is do the verb. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny, really funny you say that, because I often have said like when I started my career, I had to be led in the door on the corporate ladder. You know, you you had to interview, you had to you know, be allowed in now, just 
you open the door yourself and you can get straight to the customer. Right. And if, and if you're cynical right now, you're saying, oh yeah, but that means it's just full of trash and anyone could be anything. And I think that, that that's how you actually get reps. That's how you get people that are funneling towards the thing that they're supposed to be doing rather than accepting the handful of things that your parents, or your career counselor, or your boss or your partner told you you needed to be in order to be, to check a success box or check a, a, um, appropriate box and now that stuff's out the window which to me is the most exciting so sure there's a lot of noise the signal to noise ratio might be higher but the the reality is that's going to move more people into the areas where they can express themselves because look at when you're at, at any time you can reinvent yourself and who's to say that x far along in any one path or any one career you have to stick with it you know that's a sunk cost fallacy the fact that we right. can all be lots of things to me is is the most exciting thing about the time we're in right now yeah and i mean what do you think's holding people back mm, man um i think the cultural narrative for you know here we are sitting here talking about this like it's like everyone has consumed this perspective and understands it and that's what's driving pop culture the reality is is that these ideas are still new that you that the future is being a multi-hyphenate and that we are all able to pursue our dreams whether that's in career hobby or life and we can do lots of things at the same time and that life is actually long but what we're still you know the the, the dominant cultural narrative is that I need to go to this school and get these grades to have this job to have this many kids and have this house this income level and then you die and obviously we're in the middle of rewriting those rules and so the well that is still probably the dominant cultural paradigm you know i just wrote a book about this the, the ethos that i live my life by and i've been trying to illustrate this for a decade or more is that you know what can we do to break out of this this paradigm that we're 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 basically sold a map that doesn't work right, right. and the map is like a you got a dot here, you are here, you got a bunch of red dashes and then a red X. And, you know, that's the, you know, go to this school, get these grades, get this job, yeah. and then you'll end up happily ever after. But the reality is that those maps aren't effective <laughs> because even the people who followed those, they didn't end up with that red X. And I'm way more interested in the compass, the compass that we all have inside us that right. doesn't tell us where we're going to end up, but it tells us what it tells us what we want to be doing right now. And it tells us to go this direction. Yeah, so I mean, you, you, your premise is that we're, we have creativity in all of us and that the creativity in us is the key to unlocking a path of our choosing. Yes. But the idea that we don't necessarily choose, a lot of people aren't choosing their paths, they're kind of following a set. Predetermined path. Predetermined path. And, right, and, and it's understandable why our culture, it's convenient for culture to prescribe a path because then they know how to treat you. They know what the, you know, that's a law of averages. Like, oh, if the most number of people went to college and then got this, it's like, it's, it's basically built on a narrative of the last century and the previous world order where working in a factory, you know, not to, to um, say working in a factory is bad, but that actually isn't really about the future. That's a that's a fleeting thing that's being replaced right. by robots. So if we can instead orient toward what is possible for this one precious life and can we use our creativity in a world where we have historically been told that a creativity is a nice to have. My point of view is that A, everyone's creative. B, creativity is a muscle. The more you use it, you know, Maya Angelou said it best, the more you, creativity is an infinite resource. The more you use, the more you have. 
So if you believe that everyone's creative, you believe that creativity is muscle, then you start to realize that in thinking of all of these small daily actions that you do, um, that you're not just moving through your day, but you're actually creating your life. Yeah. To me, that's a powerful set of ideas and it can guide you in your career and how you want to spend your time. And the number one regret of the dead and dying is that they didn't live their vision for their life. They live somebody else's. So let's change that. That's, that's what my, my whole program is about. Yeah. And, and obviously the book creative calling is, uh, does lay out that path and, and it's very tactical too. Yeah, it's not yeah. a, it's got big ideas obviously, but it's also, it's pretty tangible, yeah. usable pathways to do it. So number one would be then understanding where I want to go. So I'm, you know, and this isn't just for someone who's down and out and down on their luck and, no. and out of work. It could be for someone who's presumably successful on paper, yeah. but isn't fulfilled. Yeah. and isn't happy i mean happiness is the key right so yeah. you in the book do you explain first of all how i can how do i find my yeah what my you know i'm, I'm, I'm happy in this environment but is there tools or or tactics to help me find what that passion is sure um well f first of all the way that i arrived at this book was deconstructing my own personal experience and there's nothing worse for me than books that come about it like if you do this perfect thing and then you do this next perfect thing and then you, you uh, of, of course you started with a very charmed life and you did this perfect thing, then you're gonna end up great. To me, those, are, those books don't tell us anything because no one has those ingredients, right? So my book comes from my own experience and the experience that I've had deconstructing the, you know, the lives of my closest, dearest friends who are some of the most successful and fulfilled, which is a really important distinction. People in the world, these are the Richard Bransons, Brene Browns, you know, Gary V's, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington. These are people who have been on my podcast, who are either close personal friends or, um, or have been on Creative Live. And there's a pattern to the success that these folks have. And, you know, and I look at the, the successes and the failures that I've had, some, you know, private, some very, very, very public. And you start to realize this pattern is everywhere. And you might have called it a different thing, you might have named it, you might have experienced something slightly different, but it all breaks down into, you know, to me, four steps. And those end up being the four parts of the book. The first part that you're cluing into right now is this like, imagine. So the, the acronym is IDEA, I-D-E-A. Imagine what's possible, design a path to get there, execute that vision, and then amplify, which is really a, slang how do you amplify your ideas it's the only way you can do it is through community so the first question that you just asked is really around imagining what's possible because we're you know for me i was the you know i was middle lower middle class my dad was a cop my mom was a secretary uh, and i was i wanted to be successful there was a lot of pressure to succeed in my family because i was the only person to go to college and and still, my parents loved me. I was born white and male and in the United States of America, and I basically have had every advantage, but I was still presented with a very few set of options. Like if you want to be perceived or feel successful, then you really need to do these five things. Yeah. And, you know, and I lived a huge part of my life doing that. And so what we've done, I think, as a culture, and I think we are on this cusp, this massive exploration and explosive explosion of what's possible and it's like we're really learning how to imagine again yeah because we were sold a again a series of maps that told us how to do something and so yeah in the book i'm super tactical that's part of what i wanted to do in a book about creativity most of them are 
they're very fancy and they use fancy words and you have to wear the beret and smoke the cigarette and move to yeah. Paris and have new friends and new clothes and uh, you know I'm super like very very simple I think it's accessible for everyone you don't have to change in order to have access to creativity and to understanding who you really are I get pretty tactical in the book about yeah. it and and a lot of it is about looking back at your childhood a lot of it is like what actually brings you joy if you could make up a lifestyle for yourself with no constraints what would it be like th those are ways that we really have yeah. to back into what we love i really like that because you could have a life that other people look at and say wow you're successful but if you say that my ideal life is you know being a farmer <laughs> uh, right and and then you can reverse engineer how do you presumably with the stuff in the book how do i get to that exactly um you know you also so, so once you have this vision then creativity can get you there and and how to apply creativity is obviously some of the things you talk about but yeah. you also say that everybody's got it in them um you obviously haven't met tammy from accounting i have not <laughs> <laughs> and creative accounting is something that I, I used to make that joke all the time but as soon as you are actually you know again i'm, I'm also running a venture-backed startup and you realize yeah. that um, a lot of that is like the startup world is is a lot of it's financial engineering, yeah. you know, and it's, it's about it being really creative with money. So not in the classic like uh, IRS <laughs> creative yeah. counting, yeah. but in other ways. Yeah, but I, I really like what you said about how um, even, you know, stay at home mom, how you run the family. Yeah, um, you can apply. So I think when people talk about creativity, they often go straight to, oh, you mean you're going to be a photographer or an artist right. or well, you're talking about creativity in everything. Yeah, huge ca capital C. That's the way I think about it. Right. And and creativity. Um, we we again culturally identify art equals creativity. And what you come to know when you start to really look at look at creativity is that art is just the some subset. And it's a really nice and convenient and really ex expressive way to understand creativity. But make no mistake, like we're co-creating this conversation, right? Yeah. Like if you just jumped up on the desk and slammed your hand and, and ran off, that's you, you can do that right now. But that would absolutely create something different than the other podcasts that you've done, sure. right? So we're constantly creating our environment. And I like to think of it as another word for agency. And if you go back to my, my earlier points, point one, we're all creative. Point two, creativity is a muscle. The more you are aware that you're using it, the more potential you have. And then three is really the, the Trojan horse of the book, which it's in creating in small daily ways, doing what we're doing right now, making a meal for your family, building a business, um, pursuing your passion, your hobby. It's in creating small daily ways like that, that we actually understand that we have the agency to create the life that we want. Yeah. And you know, that's L like capital L, you know, that's like, wow. You like all we have is a series of nows. Like, and you look back and you just had a series of nows and that equals your life. So sort of, there's an urgency on around creating something that you actually care about. So let's take the example of making a meal. Cause that's something that everybody can do. You don't have to be an executive or in a certain company to do that. Um, when you talk about daily, daily habits, yeah. Um, you know, making that meal differently or applying creativity to that moment is yeah. one of those small. And you say you talk about discomfort, like how the other side of comfort is where the good stuff is. The best stuff in life. Right. So um, give us an example of how you are there things that you do on a, a daily basis, either a habit or how are you discomfort, yeah. discomforted <laughs> on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, so everything that you, I think you, you just articulated it really well it's in doing something different even at the most fundamental level of making a meal like 
what is it that you can do to add something that is slightly different in order to aim? Because if you've made the same pasta sauce for 10 years, it's the recipe your mom gave you. And what I'm just using the sure. maybe a bad example. But if you did that differently tonight, there's a little bit of stress. There's a little bit of discomfort. You have to think a little bit. And then you're not quite sure what your six-year-old is going to think of it or what, you know, fill in the blank, that the, the dinner party or whatever. So there's a little bit of risk in creating and sharing. But it's in those moments that you actually feel the most alive, even if the risk is small. And it's in that repeated behavior of being slightly uncomfortable. That's, you know, as, as you said that I said in the book, which is true, all the best stuff is on the other side of the fear. All the best stuff was on the other side of risk. And obviously making a, making a different pasta sauce is a very low risk, yeah. but you can see how getting yourself conditioned to do that regularly it's like the muscle, right? It so. literally is the muscle that gives you the vision of what's possible. And so I have, you know, in the book, I chronicle these and, and there's a lot of habits when you really deconstruct the lives of the most successful and fulfilled people that are common traits. I, I was in a, a 38 degree ice bath this morning at 515. Really? But, you know, I was in Seattle. I woke up at my home in Seattle, you know, was in an ice bath at 515 in the morning at the airport at 630. Who, who made you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Willingly, this is the part that not not a lot of people understand is that about a habit. Me. Yeah, and I do it every day. If I'm at my home in Seattle, I'm in my ice bath before I do anything is that else. A, a health thing or a yeah, it, it there are health benefits, but just you know the secret between you and me, and you know fifty thousand people are listening to this, is that it's really about being uncomfortable because there's not one morning, especially not this morning, where I wake up and I'm like I cannot wait to get in that thirty <laughs> degree ice, thirty eight degree ice bath. Exactly. And so there's this habit, though, of be, being uncomfortable. And to me, that's, you know, of course, I've already said it not three times. It's on. That's where the best stuff is. But it, if you condition yourself to anything, then you can, you, you become to have mastery over it. You become conventional in being unconventional, which is, you know, all of the people that we look up to in our culture, not all of them, but a, a, a by and large, we prescribe this very simple, like uh, average path to people, and yet our cultural heroes did not follow those. And so that disconnect should be a clue. Like, wait a minute, I'm being sold to go do this, but my heroes, they, they none lived of them did that. Yeah, none yeah. of them did that. And so, uh, you know, rather than even labeling them heroes, it's like, no, you, you have potential. You have access to that today. Yeah. And that to me is, that's disturbing for, and I, you know, having been, you know, just come off book tour and, you know, eyeball to eyeball with tens of thousands of people around the world talking about this. The thing that freaks them out is like, I really want to do this thing, but I'm 10,000 hours away. Cause I don't even know how to, you know, how to, um, build a business. I don't know how to raise money. I don't know how to, um, fill in the blank, whatever it is, your aspiration. And that is disheartening. You're like, oh man, well, you got a long way to go. You want to be in a rock band. You want to you, whatever, like literally anything. You're you're at least for most people, five to ten thousand hours of hard work away from it. You've heard the saying ten thousand yep, hours. Yep. But here's the cool thing: is you're only one decision away from that. Right. And to me, that that is what I think this time in life. Um, that's what the book is about, and that's what my mindset has been about for the last, you know, ten years. And don't get me wrong, like I've I've lose sight of this on the regular just like we all do but ultimately if we can keep that focus and we can keep bringing our mindset back to that while we might be some distance from where we want to be this gap between where we are today and where we want to be 
you can close that gap with a single decision. And that decision is just to start applying yourself towards it. Yeah, and it's the hard, by far probably the hardest part is that first decision. For sure. Anybody ever worked out before? Yeah. The first couple workouts after yeah. you've been off, yeah, <laughs> taking sure. a break? Sure. Incredibly unpleasant. And how long is it unpleasant? It's unpleasant for about two, three weeks. And then, and then what is it? And it starts to feel good. And then when you start not doing it, you feel, feel bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is your whole life choreographed then as a, I often think, you know, when you're talking this way, are you, is every day of your life sort of <laughs> applying all these master plan or is yeah. it just more of a bigger picture um, sort of philosophy you carry with you? Yeah, I, I'm, we were just talking about this off camera and I'll, I'll sort of recap it because I, I, there's nothing worse than people on podcasts saying, oh, we were just talking about this before you were here. But w what we were talking about is, um, the philosophy, it's a philosophy that, that I share, which is that the middle is really toxic, that the things that, that, you know, again, if the best stuff is on the other side of, of fear or risk or, you know, risk, there's not a lot of risk in the middle. Risk is actually playing it safe or sorry, yeah. the middle is playing it safe. And those are all the things that our parents and our career counselors and our bosses, and they all want us to be in that place because it's predictable and simple and safe. Yeah. Well, two things. One, I think it's the riskiest time in the world to play it safe because who's in the middle? Everyone. Yeah. What I prefer, and we have you know, friends, uh, you know, Gary with Clouds and Dirt, and my friend Alex, uh, who founded the Ace Hotel, you know, the Ace is both the low card and the high card in any deck, in deck right. and you wanna stay the hell out of the middle. Yeah. And so, you know, to your question about, about me and my, my specific experience of this life, I just try and stay out of the middle because I don't like, you know, A, it's not who I am and we're taught to be, to, to be normal, but the stuff that makes you weird, the stuff that is at the end, yeah. at that either end of the card deck, the stuff that you were, what made you weird as a kid, that's yeah. the stuff that is the best, most valuable thing that you have. Yeah. And the top is the vision and the bottom is the action. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's another... Uh, diagram in the book that you have that's Stephen Covey which I have lived by this for years when I saw it in the book I couldn't believe it because I'm like oh my I've drawn that so many times which is this the axis of importance versus urgency mm -hmm. urgency and how people are really responding to urgent things versus like big but what's yeah. important yeah urgent unimportant things exactly yeah. I, that that when I saw that I was like oh my this guy's speaking my language <laughs> but and, and that's like look that is from one of the most historic classically successful business books of our modern era, yeah. uh, Stephen Covey. And that the concept is, as you said, there's this two axes. And if you, you know, important, not important, urgent, not urgent, and you just draw a little two by two, the best stuff in that universe is not urgent, but important. but important. This is like life vision. Who do you want to be? And if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, who do you want to put yourself around? Like th those, what are your values? And you know who who it's so rare in our culture, and you certainly don't see it in the in the school system. To like, okay, great. One of the things you want to do at the beginning of the class is find out your personal values. Said no teacher ever, <laughs> right? And ironically, I think that's some of the the you know not urgent but most important task at hand right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think uh, self confidence is a big factor in people probably not changing their path you know yeah. and i think a lot of us i think a lot of people have a probably a, a hey if i could do this differently mm -hmm. i actually go do this um 
and oh but i'm not you know oh what and there's just excuses right we all make excuses for ourselves because it's hard to change right so you must hear a lot of excuses uh, <laughs> yeah. and i've and, i've had them myself I and promise. uh yeah from people of why yeah. they can't do certain things sure. is there are there any like tactical tricks to like taking that first step or are there any ways of how do you encourage somebody to sure step off the cliff there well when you spend time with people who are very successful what you find out and you know they may be wildly successful in one area of their life and not in others a, that's usually true. <laughs> B, that it's this idea of confidence as a trait. That trait was developed, and it's usually you become confident after doing something many times. And so if you ask LeBron James to go on Dancing with the Stars with no practice, he would be very uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know. Maybe LeBron's a badass dancer. He, he might be confident. <laughs> like, there's people who are just confident. Sure, but there are, there are some things where that person who is regarded as a confident person would not be confident. And so if once you understand that confidence is something that's developed and you know early maybe LeBron became confident because I'm just surmising here. This is yeah. just an example. Sure. that He's probably not listening. Yeah. So, he's, in case you're worried. He's... He, was very good at basketball from a very young age because of a set of physical traits and emotional traits and whatnot. And then that probably helped him understand what confidence is. There's a concept in the book about mastery. Once you've mastered something, you start to be able to more broadly apply that to other things. That's why you have some friends that are good at everything and it pisses you off because they've actually understood what it means to be a master at something. And so maybe LeBron James is a master at confidence. But the macro point is, and to your question, is all these behaviors, all this experience is learned. And it's, it's either learned early in life or late in life. There's no privilege. It's just more uncomfortable later in life because you're carrying with you a bag of knowledge and you know that you're going to have to fall down a few times. You're going to have to embarrass yourself dancing in front of your, you know, your first date or like all of these things that we don't have as kids. I mean... If you wondered if we're all creative, to go to any first grade classroom, say, who wants to come to the front of the room and draw me a picture? How many hands go up? Every single hand goes up. Ask the same thing to, you know, a class of 17 year olds, and it's one, you know, one or two or three or five kids are willing to do that, and that's a big, I've asked auditoriums, how many, who, this is a great way to start a book talk, right? Who wants to come to the front of the room and draw me a picture? 700 people, like two hands go up, and, what That's, happens to us when we get no but seriously yeah, like right. what is it that when we're you know we're young and we're like yeah I'll have a go at that yeah sure I can do that and then we get to this point oh I can't do that you know yeah and, there's well there's a, a mindset is a huge it's a huge aspect of this and you you're couching in confidence I think there's a bunch of different ways we can couch it in to me I'm couching in creativity and um and I would say experience and the oh uh, I the the hab like the the habit of doing something the willingness to um to park what other people think is much harder as an adult because you've been fed all these different experiences and those experiences there's cultural narratives around those that if you do this you or if you aren't successful you will fill in the blank and there's there's a belief as a kid you have nothing to lose not only do you not know, but like you, you don't have like yeah, the concept of sure. of community, of property, of experience, of you know all these things are are relatively new. And as a, an adult, 
there is a perception that you have so much to lose. You have your friends to lose, your community, your safety, your home, yeah, your, home yeah. all, all these things. Yeah. And I think what the, the narrative that I'm trying to change is that it's, it, it shouldn't be about losing any of those things. And go back to our point about a muscle, getting uncomfortable, whatever these small daily habits that to me are just about expressing our creativity, you do those in small ways so that you can actually practice in a way that's not catastrophic. And we've been sold this narrative, our oh, entrepreneurs are so crazy, they go all in, they bet it on black, second mortgage on your house. And if you talk to Richard Branson, who's one of the most successful entrepreneurs of our time, he's a friend, he's got more than 400 companies and he's always trying to do something where he can bet big and his, you know, he's protecting the downside, where you can do both of these things simultaneously and it's not about betting the betting the second mortgage on on black, but it's about, um, for example, when he launched Virgin Airlines, he pre-negotiated the ability to sell the first plane back to Boeing, so that if he failed, he didn't lose the hundred million dollar price of the jet. He lost ten million dollars because he bought it for a hundred and sold it back to them for yeah. ninety. Yeah. So, it just there's a there's a you can see the pattern here is there's a bunch of cultural narratives that keep us from our dreams keep us locked in yeah, yeah and and we, we the book and my my personal ethos is about disrupting that yeah and you talk a lot about mindset in you know you yeah. mindset's really yeah. probably the number one factor that you've got to address and i think it's not entirely binary but you're probably a positive mindset or a negative mindset and there's a lot of people in both camps yeah i've always been a pretty positive person you know and sometimes people will say to me like oh you know the the house is burning and you're standing in front of it like everything's fine maybe that's just part of being english it's like we just don't like to acknowledge anything's gone <laughs> gone bad oh gone pear-shaped <laughs> yeah it will be awkward so let's just make sure everything's fine so that could be part of being english but you know there are people with negative mindsets or sure. just lean that way mm -hmm. and that's a really tough place to to be and to live yeah. and um so do you really believe that you can kind of engineer those people Absolutely. around to for a, sure and, and like you believe that you can't engineer your friends, but the most successful, and again, I keep saying this, it's really important, fulfilled. So success can be any number of you know definers that you that you uh, make up, but fulfilled is pretty clear, right? Much you're more like, important yeah, than you're, success. Yeah, yeah. you're, um, and you know, being successful and not fulfilled it would be my personal hell. Like you have everything on the outside, but none of it on the inside, that'd be the worst. But uh, as you said, um, I believe that mindset is critical and there are a bunch of very specific, like I think morning routine, like def defining, even if it's two minutes or five minutes, this is again, you don't have to change your lifestyle. You don't have to move to Paris. You don't, in order to be creative, but a, a handful of simple habits, like I, I choose how I start my day and you're like, wait a minute, I got three kids and you know, a, an infant and a great, what can you do to do, do something third? I'm not saying it's easy, but right. it's possible. And if you don't believe it's possible, you're unwilling to take even the step where you need to prepare for your life it 15 minutes before <laughs> before um the rest of the stuff hits the fan and you know the the your email starts dinging or your boss calls or the kids wake up or whatever so those daily habits to me mindset is manageable and not only is it manageable i think it's uh, the most important and as you said you know a lot of people are negative and there's a weird thing that is factual which is our biology our brain is a multi-million-year-old organ. It's not there to keep us happy. Right. Its job is to keep us alive and keep the species moving forward. And yeah. happiness is not on the list of shit that's important when you're trying to uh, propagate a species. 
So what our consciousness is constantly like looking at the horizon for saber two tigers. Sure. Because for 99% of our existence, that was the reality. Yeah. And what we come to know from when you, if you study biology or our anxiety in our culture, you start to realize that the number of Instagram likes that we get or whether our boss liked our presentation or not, that our body has the same response roughly as defending itself from a saber tooth tiger. Yeah, fight or flight. Right, and the Triggers reality- Triggers are going off. And right, and that's, you know, so in order to take all these risks, that's why it's so hard. There's someone sitting in their car right now in traffic listening, they're like, God, what they're saying makes sense, but I can't because, and if you realize that it's your biology, that you have to be smarter than your mind, which this is, that sounds a little bit weird, mm -hmm. right? But that you, this is something that you can actually direct through practice, like being uncomfortable or being afraid and doing it anyway. Once you do that once, you're like, oh, wow, that wasn't so bad. And so right. go back to the muscle point. And the same thing is true with putting content out there in the world that, that you know, you're worried about the number of likes you got or you're worried about your boss thinking you made a great presentation. But there are no saber-toothed tigers. And yeah. by and large, 99% of the things you're afraid to do, there, there are virtually no consequences. The consequences are in your mind. And by mastering your mindset then you, you have this radical license to fail and experiment. Yeah. And, and for those who can orient more positively, um, like it's a whole new set of freedom for you. Yeah. And that freedom is not just on how you conduct yourself in a small daily way. It's literally what you want to do with your life, what's possible. Yeah. Actually, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this sep separation away from the mind. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a book, his book, The Power of Now, is a really practical way, if you're interested in that, to understand it in depth is how you cannot be live within that you know i actually think it's like a bird cage it's like a cage with the birds that are flapping and yep. flying and sometimes you just got to put the cover over it and be like Shh. <laughs> that's right and and at first it, it that's what it feels like right yeah. it feels like like i know the birds are under there even though i just put the blanket yeah, over the yeah, top just squatting them down and but but those are what what's actually happening there is you're doing work you're practicing you're yeah. experimenting yeah. with what how do you actually become the master of your mind and yeah. And they, this is the mind. It's not your mind. It's the mind. Yeah. It's an organ and it has a function and its function is to make you survive. Yeah. And if you want more than survival, if you want more than average, if you want to do something special, whatever your definition of special is with this one precious life that we have, you cannot get there without mastering your mind. And yeah. if you think that the lives that you look to your left and to your right or on Instagram or on TV or even your neighbor who you think is an amazing human being, that didn't just happen. That's not accidental. You know, their lives were created. Yeah. You know, we're, I'm called a founder in Silicon Valley and it's crazy because I never found shit. <laughs> I built it, you know what I mean? So I don't like, it's like, like literally that's the, the concept of creativity. We even, that's great. we even talk about finding companies <laughs> like, no, yeah. man, yeah. it was, there was a time where I was screwing Ikea legs to Ikea tables and there was like, you know, we were in a room, not, not much larger than we're filming this, yeah, this in right, right now. Exactly. So I think if you start to think of creativity, is that and you start to realize that if if it's not you then who and if it's not now then when there's this urgency and almost a, a joy that comes out of exploring who you can possibly be and but what yeah. you want to do with this one precious life i want to talk about your background in a quick second here but i think one of the things that really helped me is my, my actually my sister england had given me this sort of visual of how uh, you know if you take a cornfield and you've walked down that same path you have this trodden down path of corn and mm. so when you walk up to the field you just 
go down the path right because it's trodden down and yeah. and that's our lives okay we just yeah. go down the same path and if you want to make a change you've got to walk the, through the field a different way and when you first do it it's hard yep. but eventually that new path gets trodden down and the old one starts to grow back up and yeah i think that's what happens when you start to really practice uh doing things differently like you yeah. say and so that first pathway is, is discomfort but yeah. the more you do it the more it'll create a new ways and and your sister's brilliant that that's a beautiful analogy and it's a perfect mirror to what's actually happening in our mind. We have what are called default neural networks, which is you drive home the same way all the time. Exactly. You wake up, you have your morning, like you brush your teeth and you like all those. And how many times have you like, how did I get to work? I didn't yeah, even, yeah. I didn't even think about well, you're going path. somewhere else and you turn off like you're going to work. You're right. Like, Wait, I'm not even <laughs> right. Those are default neural networks. Yeah. And like, this is what creativity does it. it and, it's the opportunity to regularly step off that path into uncharted land and or into the cornfield or out of that neural network. And that experience of doing that, it changes your heightened sense of awareness and the awareness of what life is and what's possible. And it, it just sort of awakens you. And that is part of what identifying as a creator. And I think people say, oh, I'm not creative. And it's like, no, you, you are creative. You're just choosing to ignore it and right. it doesn't come at no cost the cost is that you walk that same path and at the end of your days what have you got yeah and this is i'm not talking about living a flashy life i'm talking about living an intentional one that you design that you decide what's possible and turns out that if you can start to frame that it gets really really interesting and, and the people that you admire and respect and look up to if you really talk to them and deconstruct how they've gone about it again there's this framework and and I haven't found an example of whether you're baking a cake or you know, you're looking at Richard Branson's life that hasn't been something that he imagined. He designed a plan to get there, he executed that plan, and then it was successful because he spent time building community and giving back and you know, propping up others and participating. Yeah. And that's just, there's this cool pattern in what I wanted to do with the book and this podcast and you know, I think it's just, it's that we all have the capability of stepping onto that path. We all have a thing that if we ran it through that system that we could at least test or taste being or becoming that thing. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. You know, you have the credibility to talk about this because you've done it. And I think your path is fascinating. So you started out as a photographer. You're um, in action sports. Yeah. To be clear, I started out like everybody else doing the things that my parents said I should do going to school, getting good grades, whatever. And it wasn't until I figured just a few things out that I was able to do some of like, like it wasn't written on my uh, future, become a photographer. I bailed right. on medical school, dropped out of a career in professional soccer and quit a PhD to become a photographer and yeah. go around the your world. Your parents love that. <laughs> exactly. Right. You could just imagine they're like, <laughs> I mean, I, I literally remember talking to me like, okay, so, you know, you don't actually have any photographic experience, right? You know, you, you've never done this before, but you're sure you, and you know, my point is whether you decide or you know what you want to do right now, or you have to experiment is not the point. The point is that when you find that thing, cool stuff happens. And for me, it was stepping on the path as a photographer. So yeah, I don't so want to, no, no, yeah. that's a great point. Cause I was starting there, but to yeah. get there, you had to make a huge leap. So and, yeah, I, yeah. And not only a huge okay. leap, but you know, again, take into consideration. I'm as far as on a global scale, massively privileged again, white male in America, all, you know, sure. and 
despite coming from lower middle class, like I virtually had all of the things and that disappointing people who I were very close with my parents, my friends, yeah. like, and by disappointing that sort of like with a small D like I wasn't disowned or anything, yeah. but to, to leave all of the shoulds and the woods and the must and the oughts behind to take a chance and do this thing when I'd spent, and to be clear, like I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt. I'm, you know, I, I pursued 10, 10 years off my path, secretly knowing from my skateboard world that I wanted to be, I wanted to identify as a creator and I wanted to be in that world. You mentioned action sports and it felt so far away. And when I finally did that, 99% of the world thinks that's the beginning. And honestly, right. that was the toughest, I would say six or seven years of my life is the part where, wait, I'm supposed to be figuring all this stuff out. And, and it just happened at that time in my life, but we see a lot of this happen at different times in people's lives. And usually around trauma, someone that is close to you dies or your birth of a child and you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this drone drone in the sort of the office drone world as a not not airplane drone yeah. thing and you know now i have this child and i'm like you know whatever we're often these these uh, the ability to reflect often comes at these big moments in life yeah but it doesn't have to you know and for me it was tied to those things i was almost killed in an avalanche that is you know it's a time for another another story another time but there what i like to help people understand is that it doesn't matter where you are in your life that you can make a change. And if you can change your mindset and you can tell the story that you tell yourself, I mean, those are the most important words in the world, right? Yeah. The ones you say to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And if you believe in your, you know, go back to your positive mindset that you can make a change at 30, 40, 50 or older, that that is part that you're 50% of the way there just believing that you absolutely can make this change. And so for me, going back to your opening my the can of worms that is my story is that six to eight year period right there where I was like burning through student loan money and chasing all these things that everybody else thought I should do only to come back and say, you know what I actually really want to do is I want to, you know, move to the mountains and start shooting, you know, images of myself and my friends, skateboarding, skiing, snowboarding, got involved in action sports photography. And the coolest thing happened there was this little part of me that said that that's what I wanted to do. And I sh basically shut that part of myself down for, you know, 15 years. And when I started listening to it and just, you know, just, oh, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to move to steamboat Colorado. I'm just going to be a ski, just, just be a ski bum for a couple of months. And then you're there and you're like, Oh my God, that was pretty easy. And then, Oh, my grandpa died and I got this camera. I don't know how to use it. I started taking pictures. Hey, I'm actually, there's some potential here. So you start turning over these cards or, or, or actually experiencing life around the things that you were curious about, but you didn't know. And you were always sort of, and something cool happens, which is life starts happening for you rather than to you. You don't like, not everything works out and things are hard, but there's this, what I call in the book, effortless hard work. You start being willing to put in a ton of work sure. and it feels um, effortless relative to the other types of work that you were doing that wasn't aligned with your intuition or who you were inside. And to me, that's a really cool and unique experience that is all too rare in our culture. And for those of you who are listening who felt that, you know what it feels like. there. Are, and even if it was just for a season in your life or a year or yeah. one part where you were with the people you were with that you loved and you cared about and you were doing the things that you loved and it felt good and it felt natural and that's replicable tomorrow. Yeah, Like you, you, you're, you've you traded in what's possible with like, oh, okay, that was, you know, I only had that 
ecosystem because I was 20 or that was before I had kids or before I had a mortgage. Stop telling yourself those stories. And for me, it was when I started actually taking pictures, skateboarding, spray painting, you know, doing all of the things that I had been not listening to. I just felt like I, I just came alive. Yeah, and you have reached some pretty high heights in your profession there. I mean, you were, um, yeah, you were a great photographer and you achieved a lot of success. But then you parlayed that into the creative life business, which yeah. is which is a huge business now, yeah. is it not? I mean, yeah. and um, there are a lot of photographers, but to, and there's not that many great ones, but there's a photographer's accessible, I guess. But to then turn that into an entrepreneurial venture where you're doing, you know, aren't you the largest streaming online education? Yeah, live, largest live streaming one and certainly the largest focus specifically for creators and entrepreneurs. Yeah, and if you're a creative, um, so my guys who do production and video, there's, you know, the creative live is the spot. Like, yeah. you know, you're the, you're the godfather of that. And so if you want to learn about photography, video, creativity, how to do things you can go there and it's all online education yep. it's amazing uh, so yeah i just found that wow you not only did you go to become a great photographer but you've parlayed that into this incredible business but that's that's what happens like to uh, if we just use this you know my life as a lens like i i don't have any of the qualifications i don't have you know i was not i did not um that is not in my genes i didn't come from that i like these are this is the result of what happens if you're lucky enough or bullheaded enough or or willing to look at this stuff carefully like none of this stuff is accidental this is all like i knew it was going to be you know a hard road to disappoint everybody in my life and go from becoming a professional soccer player to becoming a very low level didn't know what i was doing photographer that is a not a most people are unwilling to trade those two things because to be a professional athlete in our culture is like, why would you ever do anything else? But, you know, I was like, well, uh, it doesn't really speak to me. And, and if you can tap into that thing. And so for me, the photography experience, it, I can say that I'm a master in photography because I spent, you know, way more than 10,000 hours and I shot, you know, hundreds or maybe even thousands of campaigns for the, you know, world's top 100 brands, the Apples, the Nikes, et cetera. My point is ultimately it was in doing that stuff that unlocked this part of my brain that said that other things were possible and that I was willing to be uncomfortable, willing to go back essentially to zero and start a business that I had no experience in. And to me, this is like, I actually get excited about this now and that's why Creative Live exists because once I had done that, done a couple of these things, the photography thing, I did an iPhone app. That was the, the first app to share photos to social networks. That became app of the year and then Creative Live. And it's like, now I'm, I'm actually, addicted is a strong word, but I'm, I'm motivated by being uncomfortable, by starting over, by right. you moving into new and interesting areas of passion for me because there's this history of stumbling and falling down and figuring it out and breaking something and you know getting chastised for stepping out of line. And, and like I, I just enjoy that journey. And to figure out that it's enjoyable to do hard things to me, that's like that's a little bit of a, a breakthrough of what's possible. For sure, yeah. So, was um, your to go from photography to creative live? Was it when you were at the heights of photography, and as you said, shooting campaigns for the best brands in the world? Were you still unsatisfied then? That it's sort of like were you looking for something else, or how did that creative mm. live mm. seed get planted? 
Um, I mentioned briefly a story about an avalanche. Um, So the the short version is I I was on a a campaign shooting for one of these brands that I mentioned in a top 10 brands of all time, unlimited helicopter budget, best skiers and snowboarders in the world up in Alaska. And I was caught in an avalanche and just fast forward to staring and I, I managed to survive, which there's a less than 1% chance that I should be sitting here. But the fact that in I was the avalanche, yes, in the avalanche in, they call it the white room, but I promise there's nothing white in that room. It is pitch black and it is the scariest place you can possibly be. And the sitting at, you know, awake at three in the morning, staring at the foam cork ceiling of this weird hotel room in Alaska it was, it really hit me that what I had started, even though I was living what I felt, you know, for the previous 10 years was my absolute dream career, you know, and here I was doing all of the things that I thought were never possible. And I had realized that I had started playing it safe. And this goes back to when you have nothing to lose, then sort of everything is, is a win. <laughs> and what happens in, this is human nature, I think, um, and, and I, I revealed the story in the book because it, I think it, it helps us understand humanity and that even the people that you see, you know, over on the hilltop or whatever, who are for just a little bit further along in their mission than you are in yours, you're like, man, they got it all figured out. Like I thought I had, but what I was really experiencing is I started to be safe and I started to be protective. And when you have achieved a certain dream it starts to feel like, well, then I, I got to be safe because it, what you're risking now by trying something new is throwing it all away. So as a young person, when you have nothing to lose and when you achieve some sort of recognition or establish or some milestone in your career, you start realizing that what, what do I have to lose? Like, oh, I have my house, my friends, my career, my all yeah. these things. And you start to play it differently. And it was that night in Alaska after nearly losing my life that I realized that what's wrong with this picture? Like you shouldn't actually change modes. That's a, that goes back to this, the nature that we have as humans to, um, to see things that are in our field of view and perceive them as dangerous when what it really is, is, is ego. And if you can learn to park that ego, I wanted to go back to not real school at all, but the conceptual school of like, if I had to do something else, what would it be? And, And what I decided that night was it would be to try and give this experience that I've had of getting to, you know, bail on what everybody else wanted me to do to pursue my own thing. And that ultimately turned into at first a podcast and then to creative live. And now we're, it's where tens of millions of people go to learn from (laughs) the best people in the world. Yeah. And the, and the book. So I think, um, you know, certainly the, some of the tactical how to is available on creative live, this amazing platform you've built, but also the kind of mindset and motivation is also available from you in the book, creative calling. Um, I encourage everybody to check this out. It's something in it for everybody. And yeah, I think there's a great, such a great message, great conversation that the idea being that, you know, there's no excuse for us to define the path we want in life. Um, and then, you know, there's help out there to reverse engineer that, mm-hmm. uh, to, to achieve it and to not think that, Hey, that's for other people. It's all inside of each of us. It's just a muscle we may or may not be using. I'm um, taking you on book tour with me. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, You're just yeah, saving me a long time. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> no, it makes so, me want to. It makes me want to interject one thing before you. Please. And and Barney, I just want to give a shout out to. I think what you guys are doing here is cool. 
Thank you. And to be able to um, be sitting down with uh, people in your community, help not just share their stories, but weave it into, you know, obviously the history um, that you guys have here is incredible. And the fusion of the history and the, the folks were, that you're working with now and where you want to take things is just really inspiring. Yeah. And I uh, just want to give you guys a shout out that, well, I really that what you're doing it. is working. Yeah, yeah, that's big coming from you. Someone we really respect here and, and look up to and learn from, by the way. We're guys here are uh, members uh, and, <laughs> awesome. and, and customers of creative life awesome um yeah there's a lot of buzz around the office that you were coming in so we really appreciate it hopefully everyone's got some knowledge from this uh check out the book creative calling by chase jarvis and with that we'll catch you on the next episode thank you thanks Marnie. appreciate it all right that's it for today's show but hey before you go i wanted you to know that i am so grateful to have your ears your attention and have you be a part of the community around this show. I love reading all your messages, the texts that come in, the questions, feedback, stories, guest ideas. It's, I, I devour every one of your comments. Uh, I respond as often as possible. And, you know, these are my, my thumbs tapping these things out on social uh, and my phone number on the other side of the text. Oh, you probably, just in case you don't know that, did you know you can text me 206-309-5177 with any feedback? And it's actually, well, the first one's automated, but then that's actually my thumbs on the end of that. Um, again, I just want you to know that this show, I make this show for you and for me. And this community has been a driving force in my life for more than 10 years now. Uh, I listen to you, I listen to your ideas, and I do everything I can to make them come to life. So thank you for participating. Uh, my ears and eyes and thumbs are, are out there on the internet trying to make this happen. I just want you to know how grateful I am, and I want you to stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. Mm -hmm.